for the Echo Awards. And if I forget, you know, I, I like to walk sideways. <laughs> so if I start levitating, the Lord going to take care of me. Just, just levitate on out, gradual down. Pray I just won't forget and, you know, get excited and break a leg or something. Don't want to do that. Just got better. All right. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the what of the Lord shone round about them? The glory of the Lord. And they were afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to what? I'm going to make you emphasize something because you've never heard a Christmas message like this one this morning. I promise. He said, I bring you good tidings of great joy for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and proclaiming, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, We must go now into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all that they had heard, it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, here's what I want you to mark in your Bible, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and that was told them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and that was told them. The word glorifying means to render glorious, to magnify and to give honor. And it said they also praised God. I did some research. I'm not a scholar at any level, uh, Hebrew nor Greek, but I am a student of the word of God. And I did a research on what this word praise means. And it comes from a Greek word called ihinos, which means to properly tell a story. Used in the sense of lauding a commendable thing, a glorious thing. So the shepherds glorified God by telling the story. With the rise of social media, you have people that have no audience now can write a statement on someone else's page and have an audience of 3,000 or 4,000 people. People with no influence in their workplace or great influence, but they magnify their voice. And sometimes when you're exposed to something someone says, especially if they're a public figure, we are impressed. By that I mean not uh, approval, but moved out of who we are and what we are because if if an actor supports a candidate, they have to be a great candidate. You understand that? Or if a celebrity tells you that this deodorant is the best one, then you have to stop using the one you like and use the one they like and then smell like them. Well, 
I have never in 20 years preached a message like I'm going to preach to you, and it's right close to a soapbox. And I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit it hard. And I'm going to hit it again. There's an, ar- an article recently published. A preacher wrote, Why I Don't Celebrate Christmas. And there are many people that jump on this bandwagon and they offer you uninvited and inaccurate information about the birth of the Lord Jesus and they tie it to pagan gods and all of this and that. And depending on which historian you read, you can pull from a couple hundred years of literature and write your own story. Well, so this catfish wrote why he didn't celebrate Christmas. He said, and I'm not going to give it a lot of time, but I'm just going to give you the spirit of it. Christmas is driven by commercialism. So is every restaurant you eat at. So is every shop where you buy your clothes at. But that doesn't mean it's my motivation. Christmas is nowhere mentioned in the Bible. Are you kidding me? Not the word Christmas. The day. The birth of the Savior. Not mentioned in the Bible. We are not celebrating the day. We are celebrating the deity of Jesus Christ. Jesus wasn't born on or near December 25th. I don't know when he was born. I don't know if it's December in our calendar or February. It's like someone uh, straining at a gnat and swallowing a camel. We just choose this day to remember that there was a day where unto us was born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The Christmas holiday is largely a recycled pagan celebration. But many historians record the celebration of Christ's birth long before Aurelian's decree and totally independent of the worship of any sun god. One historian wrote this, who was promoting the celebration of the Lord's birth. He says, but our O Lord too is born at a day, maybe in December. They call it the birthday of the unconquered son. But who indeed is so unconquered as Christ our Lord? While the winter solstice on or around December 25th was well established in the Roman imperial calendar, there is no evidence that a religious celebration of this false god in any way predated the Christian's remembrance of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So pick your Wikipedia story. I'm telling you that the birth of Christ was so prevalent and so paramount, which led to his death, that the official record of time was kept following that event. A.D. and B.C. Before what? The birth of Jesus Christ. They tell me, he tells me, Christmas is worshiping God in vain. Sir, worship is determined by relationship. Worship is determined by appreciation. And worship is determined by expression. I am not worshiping the day. I got news for you. I worship him the day before December 25th. And I'm going to worship him December 26th. It has nothing to do with the day. You're picking little pieces out and you're making a fool of your own argument. My worship is not brought forth by demand but by expectation. God said God is a spirit and we must Worship him. So I choose to use that day. And who are you to tell me my worship is in vain? It wasn't offered to you and it's not yours to accept. I offer it unto the Lord. Let me give me some water. I'm getting animated. And for those of you that are visiting, 
I'm not a soapbox preacher, but I'm just going somewhere with this. And here's what I hope. For that person that's took, taken away some of the joy and the liberty in this season, because we want to honor the Lord right. I just want to present another point of view. I'm not telling you to worship on the day. I'm not telling you to work, not worship on the day. I'm not telling you to call it Christmas, and I'm not telling you not to call it Christmas. I'm telling you that your worship is yours to give. And don't let man steal that from you. Don't let him color it and say, you're worshiping a pagan God. What part of Jesus is pagan? Jesus Christ, the Lord, the angel declared unto me was born in the city of David, a savior, which is called Christ, the Lord. He's my Christ. He's my savior. Don't tell me my worship is unaccepted. You're not in the court of heaven. You don't know God's expression and you don't know my relationship to him. Amen. That's right. He wrote, I'd rather celebrate holy days that Jesus Christ and the apostles observed than celebrate them. But you do not get to pick for me or anyone else how I remember him, how I love him, how I serve him, or which day I choose to express it. It is to God that I offer my worship and it's God that receives it. Christmas obscures God's plan for mankind. Are you kidding me? This is the one time of the year where people that denounce him every day are inundated with Christians standing up and saying, a savior was born, a savior was born. It doesn't obscure it. It sets up the presentation of the gospel when you tell him not only that he came, but why he came. And finally, this is my favorite. The Bible tells us nowhere to observe the, the, the day of Jesus' birth. But it clearly tells us to commemorate his death. You're right. That's why we take communion, to celebrate his death. But he also never told us to pray before we eat, but we do. He never told us to pray with our kids before we go to bed, but we do. Never told us to celebrate anniversaries or birthdays, but we do. Never to plan for retirement, go to your kids' ball games, take showers or eat chicken, but we do. You do. <laughs> I mean, really. Think, think of this. Here we are on our sofa reading the Christmas story to our little girls and some man wants to walk in through media and tell me that I'm worshiping a pagan God. God doesn't accept it and he didn't require it. It's almost like, sir, I don't know how you got in here. But in my home, Christ is hallowed. The idea of the promised lamb the idea of the arriving lamb, the idea of the spotless lamb, the idea of the sacrificial lamb, and the idea of the resurrected lamb is hollowed in my heart and in my home. And you don't have the right, the privilege, or the room to come and tell us how to honor Christ the Lord in my home. One final thing. And I got a quick sermon for you this morning. That was my, get him out of the way. We are not proponents of Christmas. The term, not biblical. That's why when people get in an uproar every year about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and they dissect the word Easter and all the history, that's why I don't call it Easter. I call it Resurrection Sunday. So we're not pro Christmas, we're pro 
your family being free to honor the Lord in any season where you choose to honor the Lord. That's, that's what I want you to experience. That's what I want to tell you why I celebrate Christmas. I'm not telling you you should, but I do. And I want to tell you why. Number one, I celebrate Christmas because it, what it means to me as a believer. The birth of Jesus was a promise kept. In Micah chapter 5, it said, And thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, little among the thousands of Judah, out of you shall come forth one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old and from the days of eternity. I worship him and I choose to celebrate Christmas because the birth of Jesus was a sign given. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. A virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. The birth of Jesus was a power released, divine power, miraculous power, glorious power. The eyes of blind people were opened. Deaf ears were opened. Lame people walked. Light shined in darkness, and the darkness couldn't comprehend it. It couldn't push it back. It couldn't hinder it. He reached out to the woman at the well. He, he brought in Pharisees and rulers and he shined a light so bright, a power so great that transfers people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. It was a promise kept, a sign given and a power released. It was a love expressed. God so loved the world that he gave his son. He wasn't just born, he was sent to die. Love expressed Herein is the love of God, not that we love God, but that God loves us. And I celebrate Christmas because the birth of Jesus paved the way for the remaining 352 prophecies concerning the Lord to come to pass. If there were no birth, then 353 prophecies would stand in eternity and face God and call him a liar. Why do you celebrate Christmas? Because it was positional. It was strategic. It was powerful. And when I say Christmas in that context, what I mean is the birth of the Lord. I celebrate it because of what it means to me as a believer. Well, God didn't tell you to celebrate it. Some things you don't have to be told to do. I celebrate Christmas because I want to. My soul leaps at the thought of it all. This is where love began. This is where giving began. This is where mercy began, the Lord of glory being laid in a manger. For many years, I confess to you, I thought manger meant barn or farm. Do you know what a manger is? It's a feeding trough. Clay and straw would be mixed together and formed uh, to make a solid enclosure, and they would pour the slop in for the, for the cows or the hogs or the horses or the donkeys or whatever they were feeding and then there were some mangers that were stone and uh, other mixtures. I think clay was one of them as well. And it would make a place like a, a rough, stony, little small pebbles. And it would solidify and it would be structurally sound enough to hold the food for the animals. They put my Lord in a trough where animals were fed. He, you'll find him. He wasn't born in the trough. Mary, having no place, the Savior, no place to lay his head, even from the beginning, wrapped him up in swaddling clothes and sat him in there, not for animals to soon feed on, 
but for us. He said, does this offend you that you'll eat of my body and drink of my blood? I celebrate Christmas because I want to. I want to remember how he came. I want to remember his humiliation. If I can comprehend his humiliation, I can can join him in his glory. I can see how glorious it is that he would come so low and so despised and so unrecognized. And he came to earth so I could go to heaven. And he came naked so I could become clothed. He was poor that I could become rich. I celebrate his birth because it's connected to everything. I celebrate Christmas because I want to. I want to hear in my imagination the angels singing. I want to hear the shepherds rejoicing. I want to see the wise men worshiping. Don't tell me what I like. Don't tell me what should move me and how how I should express it. I know, my soul knows, and I want to celebrate him, to retell the story, to make his name glorious. The shepherds saw it and went right out and said, we have to tell this. So call it what you want to call it. The word Christmas means more Christ anyway, Christ more. I I celebrate because I want to, and I have the liberty to. I know, my soul knows And I want to celebrate him. God incarnate. God with us. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Number three. I celebrate Christmas because I need to. Something in me as a Christian comes alive when I do. And something in me dies when I do not. I need to see it. I need to appreciate it. And I need to celebrate it. I need to rehearse it to make sure that I don't forget and that my children know it thoroughly. I need to remind myself how he came, why he came, and for who he came. There is unrealized worship and gratitude that is left buried of me if I hold it in. I am incomplete and I'm somehow lessened if I do not make myself fully available to it, to fully immerse myself in the story and to not fully respond because of it. Another thing I deal with as a pastor and as a parent, and people will just write me over and over about Santa Claus. I mean, you're lying. You're lying. There is no Santa Claus. You're lying. You're lying. Okay. May I just present one other side of the nickel and then just leave it alone? Santa Claus does not exist. You are right. Is that a lie if you talk about Santa Claus? Well, being that the Lord knows our heart and intentions, how do you deal with your child's imagination? Daddy, when I grow up, can I marry you? No, that would be a lie. Yes, you can. Ah, ah, You can't say that. I will raise my child, God knowing my heart, that what I'm telling her is not that I'm going to exchange rings, but that I will be yours forever. Forever. If you choose to mention Santa or not, be at liberty with it. But don't let someone else come and use God's word and something off Wikipedia to make you feel guilty about something you're doing with your child. It's your child. And you're going to answer to the Lord for it. So what are you doing, John? I'm telling him I talk to him every day. 
And I saw how you talked to your mama yesterday. You're on, you're on slippery ground right here. <laughs> I celebrate Christmas because I ought to. What would heaven think if I viewed it as a day like any other? If I could hear the story and walk away unmoved, unaffected, refusing to be humbled. His coming to this earth was his joy. He came for me. He came willingly. He came freely. He came joyfully. He came to die for me. When he came through the cervix of that innocent womb, came from Mary, popped him on the rear end, covered in blood. The first day in the earth he was covered in blood, and the last day in the earth he was covered in blood. And I connect the two as one and the same. He couldn't die if he didn't live. And if he lived, he was going to die. My Savior, Christ the Lord, was born unto me, and I celebrate it. I celebrate it. Bow low before him. I lift my hands and my voice to him. And I declare with the angels this month, however far off in the calendar I am, I declare glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to me from my Lord. Number five, I celebrate Christmas because I choose to. It is my choice to honor the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Regardless of what the unbelievers have done for millennia. Regardless for the evil empire of Rome, the pagan holidays compared to the sun god, regardless of Christians that blaspheme him and then honor him, during, regardless of all the history and how there's, it commingled with forced worship and all of that, I celebrate Christmas, the birth of Christ for me, because I choose to. Maybe you do not feel what I feel. Maybe you do not know what I know, or maybe you just don't want what I want, and that is wonderful. I'm not telling you to. It is not required. It is my choice. Do you remember when the woman approached Jesus and knelt down at his feet and washed his feet with her hair and her tears? So there's all these religious people in the room. Just get the picture. And she came and did something that was not required that God did not ask, that everyone else thought was improper. And Jesus said, leave her alone. I come into your house, you didn't even offer me water for my feet, and she has not stopped kissing my feet and watering with her tears. She didn't use water from the house, she used water from inside of her. Water from inside of her and her kisses on his feet. All she would have told you was, if they said, what was all that about? I just felt so strong that I had to, that I wanted to, and that I chose to. Well, what about everyone else's opinion about the matter? All I wanted was the look of acceptance on my Savior's face. And, and I want to go on record and tell you that in my home, I believe my father who knows my motive and my intentions smiles at the idea of the love and giving in our home, the celebration of all the season offers, the rejection of all that's not right. It, it, it's not about commercialism, but if you want to call me buying my babies a swing set 
and grandma buying some toys commercialism, that is the last thing in the world I'm worried about in my life. The last thing. You're at the end. You're at the very end. That's just so, it's crazy. They're starting on Thanksgiving. Then don't start on Thanksgiving. Chill. Chill. They're playing Christmas music already. What is wrong with you? You go in Chili's and they're playing Megadeth so loud that it make your ears bleed. What's wrong with you? It's a cheerful song and it's not even December. Leave. Don't listen to it. Play your country music till everybody jumps out the window. It don't matter. It is my choice to hallow it because it's hallowed in my heart and it's my choice to receive from it and to give myself fully to it. Pick these out of this season for us especially as believers and even by unbelievers who don't name the name of, Cre uh, of Jesus. The season has a way with them sometimes. I, I, I give myself to the spirit of love that drives the season. Love for not only my family but others. I give myself to the giving to the spirit of giving that fills this season. Lisa, would you come for me this morning? Do you mind? I give myself to the spirit of love. We're going to share right here. You got to come right by me. Y'all don't watch her because it'll make her self-conscious. They don't see you. They don't see you. <laughs> I want to give myself to the spirit of love that drives this season. I want to give myself to the spirit of giving that fills this season. I want to give myself to the spirit of kindness that is expressed in this season. I want to give myself to the spirit of hope that's created in this season. I want to give myself to the spirit of family and thanksgiving that gravitates to this season. I want to give myself to the spirit of thankfulness that permeates this season and the spirit of worship that authenticates this season. I choose to, I ought to, I want to, I need to celebrate the birth of Christ the Lord. And finally, this is what drives it home for me. And I hope it liberates some of you at whatever level you want to celebrate, you're just free from the opinions of others. I choose to celebrate Christmas because heaven did. What do you mean? May I read it to you? Galatians 4, 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that are under the law, that I might receive the adoptions of sons. And because God has granted me his spirit, I cry out, Abba, Father. What does fullness of time mean? When the fullness of time was come. The day. The scheduled day. When the fullness of time, he couldn't be born, he couldn't be born, he couldn't be born, he couldn't be born, he couldn't be born. But there was a day marked in heaven's calendar, and when he split the womb of that woman and came out, heavens burst with angelic choirs that said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. How readest thou? Did heaven celebrate the birth? So when they, shepherds saw it, was that the first time it was offered? No, God has to peel the realm back so they could see it was going on the whole time. Don't think that what we see is the first time it's happening. 
It's like almost. Can you imagine it in heaven? Hypothetically, the angels looking over the brink of the transitional event in the history of the world. It's almost time. Her contractions are getting closer. It's almost time. It's almost time. The angels are cued unto us. He's born in the city of David. Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. That's not pagan. Christ the Lord. And I want to render glory. And I want to render praise. And I want to make his name glorious by retelling the story just like the shepherds did. That's my choice. I want to talk about how he came, how he lived and how he died and how he's coming back for all whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. It's not a matter of a holiday or a holy day. It's not a matter of historians. It's not a matter of what's preached or taught. The Bible says what's not of faith is sin. And if you feel a conviction and don't want to celebrate that day, you have God's blessing. There's no, what I wanted this message to do was free you from being swayed by the opinions of people. It surely can't be a sin for worshiping and thanking him for the birth. So be at liberty. Don't come under condemnation if you don't. I wasn't preaching to you telling you it was right to do it on December 25th. I was preaching to you telling you that I've chose that day to do it with my family. It just kind of works with everybody else's schedule better. And you know what we're going to do the day after Christmas? We're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Now, I've thought of how we could close. And I'm going to get you out of here early. Y'all going to beat the Baptist to lunch and everything. We're going to be, we're going to be good, good. Before you go, I want you to open your heart up to this song. I want you to, don't sing it. I want you to focus on the lyrics and see if your spirit shuts down. Or see if your spirit opens up. Nobody's telling you what. I want you to feel free to stand, sit, lift your hands, respond to the lyrics of this song, okay? Guys, would you cue that for me? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, come, let us
Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Everyone stand if you're able to. As your pastor, I'd like to pray over you this morning. Lord, I know that Christmas is not what it's called. The word Christmas, I I doubt very seriously that's the word you used. But I want you to know how much I love this season and what it means to me as a Christ follower and your son. And I pray, oh Lord, that you would fill our homes with the spirit that you intended in that season when Christ was born. The worship of the shepherds, the giving of the wise men, that you would cause us to stand in awe at the virgin birth, Emmanuel, God with us, and to feel free to worship you in that way. I thank you, Lord, for every family represented here. And I thank you for those, O oh Lord, that choose not to celebrate it in the month of December. I know they still love you. And I know they still care for you. And their worship comes in many other different ways. May we be wise enough and loving enough to give one another room to serve you our way. In holiness, of course, but our way. I pray, O Lord, for the lonely person that you would put them in families. I pray, O Lord, for the broken person that they would find healing. I pray, O Lord, for the bruised person that someone would be the answer for them. For those that need provision. That this season, it would be unmistakable that you are not only with them, but for them. Thank you for loving me enough to keep your word, to come, to live, and to die. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. Born of a virgin, the God-man, and now Christ in me, the hope of glory. We give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.